Welcome to episode 33 of the DC Drop, where we talk all the news from this week in DC movies, TV, and comics. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. So there's a bunch of kind of sort of news this week. Uh, Birds of Prey might have started filming. There's all sorts of other stuff, but not a lot of concrete stuff out there that you can get good sources on. But we're going to get some real news here, some uh, uh, more official stuff, and, and jump right into it with the Aquaman box office update. So the film has cleared a billion dollars worldwide now. Billion dollars yeah. for Aquaman. Yeah, that's billion pretty cool, with a huh? B. Billion with a B. That's a big number. That's that is. I think is that above what both of us predicted. Yes, I think very much so. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the third DC movie to do so. I think it's the first Warner Brothers movie to do so since the first Hobbit six years ago. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I think Warner Brothers is probably pretty happy with Aquaman and and looking to make more such films with James Wan. Uh, domestically, it has reached around 293 million, so it's just past Man of Steel's 291. Uh, Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad are possible uh, if it if it continues well, but it's going to finish probably pretty close to them in the 320 ish range or something like that. Worldwide, it's at 1.04 billion. So awesome, awesome job and in, in return for the Aquaman movie. I thought it would be interesting just to look at how it compared to how it ranked among DC films overall uh adjusted for inflation just curious not uh not to see and i'm almost more impressed that it's fourth overall among all dc movies adjusted for inflation these were my numbers roughly done based only on ticket prices so not accounting for 3d or increased theaters or anything like that but just ticket price inflation using my own math and the dark knight would be first with 1.28 billion the dark knight rises would be at 1.25 billion with 2018 ticket prices and superman the original superman movie would be at 1.17 billion so really good uh, for Aquaman. I think it's more impressive, even though it's fourth in, instead of third. I think it's really impressive that even even adjusted for inflation, it's it's really good. Yeah, there is there isn't really a way you can look at it and say that this movie did not do well financially. And it's like you said, it's it's really impressive when you start comparing it to to some of the other films. But just uh, a complete success, I'd have to say financially. And I I'm really excited because that means we're going to get more Aquaman we're going to get hopefully some more James Wan and uh, Warner Brothers is is going to continue down this path yeah and just again with my own research here this is really tricky there's so many categories now to judge films and comic books and superheroes because there's so many out there but adjusted for inflation among superhero origin films well unadjusted for inflation it's number two right now behind Black Panther and even adjusted for inflation it's the number four superhero origin film of all time between behind Superman the first Spider-Man movie and Black Panther. And so it's right now it's at fourth overall and maybe has a chance to move up a little bit there, but just an awesome job on Aquaman. Yeah, really cool. And continuing the, the good news for Aquaman, Aquaman has been nominated for uh, some 2019 Visual Effects Society Awards. They've been nominated in two different categories, according to The Hollywood Reporter. So Atlantis um, is kind of the, the design and everything of that is nominated for Outstanding Created Environment and a Photo Real Feature. And then the the third act battle has been singled out uh, for outstanding virtual cinematography in a photo reel project. I'm sure these words mean a lot to people who are in the visual effects society. Um, it kind of seems like a little jumbled to me, but it, it's cool that they're getting some recognition because this is a really a really visually beautiful film. Yeah, absolutely. I love the visuals in Aquaman, and to see it get a little bit of nominations recognition for that is cool to see uh we have kind of an update on matt reeves batman film from the hollywood reporter 
and that it appears Warner Brothers wants to begin filming in November of 2019. So we'd heard Matt Reeves himself say spring or summer maybe, but it looks like fall or late fall, maybe winter even for the Batman. Uh, I know a lot of people are getting impatient about this, but it looks like it'll be a little while. But it was more it was from their email letter where they have this back and forth between a couple reporters. Aaron Couch said, when will we hear who will lead Matt Reeves to Batman? Presumably it won't be Ben Affleck. Boris Kitt said, the script is basically in, although Reeves will continue tweaking it and working on it. I'm hearing the studio wants to start shooting in November. So let's say between now and then. Yeah. So again, this isn't official by any means, but, um, you know, Boris Kitt isn't a newbie. He knows, knows what he's talk- talking about and has contacts. But I mean, it's, we've, I think we've said this all along that, or at least for, for me, it's okay if they take longer on this film, especially with Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves is going to take his time and do it the right way and do it the way that he wants to do it. So if he wants to take a little, if this is, gets pushed back a little bit just so that he can get everything tweaked and perfect, that's okay with me. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the bottom line for us is that would mean 2021 would be most likely maybe for seeing yeah. it. Um, maybe if it's a, maybe if it does film late 2019, it could fit into late 2020, but I think 2021 is the most likely thing and that that would might point towards a summer 2021 release for the batman next up we got some new looks at shazam from total films magazine so there's a kind of trio of pictures there's a picture of shazam and savannah facing off staring intently at each other um there's a picture of freddy and shazam together and then the cover of the magazine is actually shazam you know sipping on a big a big drink a big thirst um what do you think of these pictures of tom Looks good. Uh, nothing really shocking or revealing or anything like that, but cool new looks at the film. Yeah, exactly. Not much to add to that. The the one with Dr. Savannah, uh, Shazam looks pretty shocked or upset or something. He's got wide eyes. He, he looks like a kid being a superhero. <laughs> yeah, so it's, tough to, exactly. it's tough to guess what uh, what he's, what is going on in his head there, but it looks like they might be having an intense conversation at night, um, But but it looks cool to me. Uh, and the magazine also had, uh, they also got a quote from director David F. Sandberg, who said, the goal is to make Shazam feel like, in some ways, that fun 80s movie like John Hughes or Back to the Future. It's just one of those movies that hopefully you'll want to see over and over again. And also, it takes place at Christmas. It's one of those where you go, oh, let's watch this every Christmas, hopefully. Yeah, I think that fun adventure tone makes a lot of sense, fits with the character. And so I'm glad to see that. And that's shown with everything we've seen from this film so far. That that's what they're going for. And I also like this is official confirmation that it does take place at Christmas. I like that. I think more movies could be uh, should take advantage of having a setting like that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Every year, there's this big argument of whether Die Hard is a Superman mo- or is a Christmas movie or not. And I don't know or care, but I guess whoever made Die Hard has to love that because right. they get so much free promotion each year. And who knows how many people buy Die Hard at Christmas? So I just think that's a funny way that and smart and they should do that yeah i really like that idea too and i I would love to have a like one set superhero movie that you're like oh we gotta watch this at christmas it takes place at christmas and if shazam is that movie and it's it's fun then i think it's a perfect fit yeah maybe it will replace batman returns for for uh (laughs) dc fans i guess for the the, maybe more of a a solidly christmas movie although coming out in april is weird for a christmas movie but that probably will help on home media sales yeah not replace add to that's right start of a marathon exactly okay uh and zachary levi also talked about wanting to meet the justice league so he said that would be amazing shazam would fit the person he'd be closest to is the flash because of their youth their youth and humor and we've gotta have shazam and superman interactions they're like the same but totally different yeah that's probably the characters i'd most want to see 
Shazam with, I think it would be a good fit with, and Wonder Woman as well would be cool to see their interactions, but really all of them, I guess I would like to see those interactions with, uh, yeah, and hopefully one day we do get to see Shazam join up with the Justice League. Yeah, it would be so cool. It's just, it's such a unique character, and like being a kid who idolizes these superheroes, and then him actually meeting them in his like full powered up state, that, that would be pretty cool to see. And Variety had an interview with Patty Jenkins and Chris Pine as they were promoting their I Am the Night TNC miniseries, but they talked a little bit about Wonder Woman 84. Not a ton, but uh, Chris Pine did say, this one is a little different for me tonally. The tables are turned and I'm more of a deer in the headlights. I think that makes sense. In the first film, Diana was the fish out of water and Steve was leading her around. And now, however, Steve Trevor comes back, we could see it doesn't look like he's just been hanging out and growing and adapting with the times and until modern day then of 1984. So however he gets to 1984, um, it, he would be out of place. Yeah, definitely. This this makes total sense. Nothing shocking here. Uh, the next DC animated movie after Reign of the Superman will be Justice League versus the Fatal Five, as we know. And now we have some details on that film from The Hollywood Reporter. We weren't sure if it would be in the DC animated movie universe or a one-off or what. And now it looks like it will not be in the universe. It's going to be a... a out of continuity type thing and it's going to be executive produced by bruce tim so we get to see looks like we're going to see his designs for a lot of the characters and it will return some dcau veterans kevin conroy as batman george newburn as superman and susan eisenberg as wonder woman uh that looks like a lot a lot going on a lot of characters here legion of superheroes the fatal five there's gonna be time travel jessica cruz green lantern diane guerrero from doom patrol crazy jane will be voicing jessica cruz green lantern and she she will have a big role in the film it looks like yeah, this is this is cool. Again, this is one of the things that you get from the animated movies. You can bring in so many different characters um, and, and do just about whatever you want with them. So uh, it's really cool. And I, I'm excited to see Jessica Cruz, the Jessica Cruz version of the Green Lantern. Yeah, and some other characters will be Miss Martian, Mr. Terrific, Brainiac 5, Saturn Girl. So a lot, a lot, uh, a lot going on. And I wonder how it's all going to come together. But it's expected to debut sometime in spring 2019. So usually March or early April, judging by their their track record of releasing these. Yeah. In other animation news, WB is going to combine the death of Superman and Reign of the Superman into a single film for later release in 2019. So they're they're getting this out there before Reign of the Superman is is released. So it's going to have extended footage. I don't know if that's going to be put in the film, I would presume. Wouldn't expect a lot, but maybe some connective tissue between the two or something like that. I think that would be cool. And this is similar to how they did The Dark Knight Returns in two parts and now and then later released it as one. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool that they're doing this just because, you know, it is it's one whole story that they, they split into two parts and I think it, it fits together pretty well because obviously it's one story. So yeah, I'm excited to see that they're they're putting it together. And like you said, I don't think I don't think there's gonna be a ton added in that extended footage. Probably like you mentioned, it'll probably just be something to to tie them together instead of just having like a hard cut. Um but um I will definitely be checking this out when it when it comes out. Moving on to TV news, Luke Wilson from Old School, Idiocracy, Royal Tenenbaums, and a lot more, has been cast as Pat Dugan slash Stripe in Stargirl. Uh, so there's a, a description of his character that says, Pat Dugan once went by the less-than-inspired superhero name of Stripesy, sidekick to a young hero known as the Star-Spangled Kid and later Starman of the legendary Justice Society of America. Today, Pat has left his sidekick life behind him, but when his new stepdaughter, Courtney Whitmore, discovers Pat Pat's secret past and takes on Starman's legacy to become Stargirl, Pat is forced to come out of retirement and once again become a sidekick to his stepdaughter, this time piloting a 15-foot robot called Stripe. I really like Luke Wilson and just about everything I've seen him in. I've always been a big fan of him going back a long ways. So 
I think it's pretty cool to see him in a DC project, and this is a pretty good fit for it. He is he's obviously done a lot of comedy in his past, but he's also got good dramatic acting ability from what I've seen, and I think he will do a lot of good work here. And this is going to be a pretty big role, so yeah, I'm excited to see it. It's a pretty big get for DC Universe. Yeah, it's just uh, another in a long line of really good gets for DC Universe. I'm, I've been super impressed by their their casting and just the the caliber of names that they've been able to get to sign off to be involved in their projects. And, and Jeff Johns actually says that he wrote the Pat Dugan role with Wilson in mind. So that's that's really cool. Yeah, I don't know if uh, it was tough to say if that was from his original comics he meant that or the role in the show or both. But uh, that's pretty cool to get your top choice for the role there. Uh, and I'm excited to see what he does with it. Yeah, me too. Uh, so brief footage of Watchmen has been released in HBO's 2019 preview teaser. They did like a, a minute of just little snippets from shows that are coming up. And we got a couple seconds of Watchmen in there. Um, so, But we did get to see Jeremy Irons um, and the Rorschach person, mask, something. Impersonator. And, right. We don't, we don't really know yet. Um, but yeah, nothing, again, not huge story details that you can glean from this, but just really cool um to actually see a little more in motion to actually get some sound from from watchmen um but yeah it's it's getting a lot closer yeah not not much from it like you said jeremy irons being cool rorschach mask the masked police and mm -hmm. some dude in a cowboy hat so not really sure what else going on here but we've got a ways for the show yet it looks like yeah and uh in other watchmen news Hung Chao from Big Little Lies has been cast, uh, according to Deadline. So it's it's unknown who she's going to play, but Deadline believes her to be Lady T. There we go. I, yeah, not familiar with Lady T or Hung Chao, so uh, not a lot of input there, but um, glad to see more adding to the cast. Yeah. Uh, elsewhere in casting news, Leonardo Nam from Westworld has been cast in a recurring role in Swamp Thing, also according to Deadline. Uh, they say Nam will play Harlan Edwards, a gay CDC specialist who is Abby Reed's second in command. Yeah, I'm not familiar with Harlan Edwards. I don't know if that's an original character or not. Um, but yeah, you need more people at the CDC there. Yeah, and then I'm not, I'm not also not super familiar with this actor, but they've been doing a pretty good job with the casting so far. So I'm I'm confident that they're getting good talent. Yeah, the CW has announced spring premiere dates for the remaining shows. So a lot of the Arrowverse shows are starting up. Flash started this week. The rest of them. Sans Legends of Tomorrow will be back next week, uh, but the other shows we we now have some details on what that's their spring will look like. So the fifth and final season of iZombie will debut on Thursday, May second. So a bit of a wait there for iZombie. The season finale of Black Lightning is March eighteenth, so that's going to be coming up pretty quick. And following that, Legends of Tomorrow will return on Monday, April first at eight p.m. So we know uh, Arrow. Once that happens, will switch to nine p.m on monday april 19th when it also returns from must be a break there so really confusing but it looks like legends black lightning ends march 18th legends returns on april 1st and it's going to be at 8 8 p.m on mondays and arrow will be after it then when arrow is back so always a lot of little confusing changes with the cw but uh there we have it we know when these shows are going to be coming back yeah and, and thankfully to cw is like pretty pretty cool streaming app it doesn't really matter like I can forget about it and not watch it live and then still get to watch it, which is nice. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think with more and more people watching them streaming, I don't think these little scheduling changes are as big of a deal as they used to be, but I'm sure that, you know, there's lots of people who still watch them live and, and need to know these kind of things. In the comic book world, some cool little news from DC and Vertigo Comics. They have joined Comixology Unlimited, Kindle Unlimited, and Amazon Prime. 
So select books are now available on each of these services. Uh, I don't think, similar to DC Universe, this isn't really going to replace your comic book buying if you're someone who buys comic books regular, but it might be an added benefit if you have these things or want to check them out. So there's a decent little selection, some big name books on Amazon Prime and Kindle Unlimited. Comixology Unlimited um, also has a, a, a nice little selection there. So the benefit with Comixology Unlimited, I think it's $5.99 a month in the U.S. And you can also get a discount on books you buy from Comixology if you if you do that 10 to 15%. So it's good to see DC moving more towards these digital services. I'd like a DC Unlimited type service that has a big chunk of stuff, but eventually, but in the meantime, I think this is cool and a smart way to get these books in front of new readers. Uh, you know, people who watch Wonder Woman and then want to check out Wonder Woman and have Amazon Prime, then there you go. That's a good way to get new readers in. Yeah, and that that's a that's that's the big huge thing that's really nice. It, it lowers the the bar of entry, like the effort that you have to put in to actually read some of these comics, like you said, to get in front of more people and then uh, to get people branching out and trying new things and hopefully those new things are, are DC and Vertigo comics. And then the Hollywood Reporter had a list from Diamond Comic Distributors about the top 2018 comic sales and DC had a few few comics represented. Action Comics number 1000 was actually the best-selling comic book issue of 2018. Batman number 50 was ranked third. That is the the wedding issue. And Batman Who Laughs number one was ranked ninth. And then among graphic novels, Action Comics 80 Years of Superman was number five. That's, that's a good book. Batman White Knight number eight. It was number eight. And Dark Knight's Metal, the deluxe edition, was number ninth in sales among graphic novels. Yeah, these these are always really cool to see see all the DC comics represented uh, pretty high up on the list. And yeah, Action Comics number 1000. I, I don't think that's a huge shock that that was the best-selling comic book. That was that was a big one. Yeah, absolutely. And I think Detective Comics number 1000 is going to be tough to top in 2019. For sure. All right. Well, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon.